Welcome to the virtual roundtable, Customer Experience, What Your Members Expect, sponsored by BrandBot. Before we get started, I'd like to share a message from our sponsor. Make the moments matter. BrandBot's all-in-one communi customer communication hub lets you convert, retain, and delight more customers by reaching them when it matters most. Visit BrandBot.com today. Thank you, BrandBot, for being a part of the 2020 Club Solutions Virtual Summit. Blair, go ahead and take us away. Okay. Thanks, Rachel, and glad to have Andy from BrandBot on the on the panel here as well. I'm Blair McCainy. I'm a CEO of MXM, Member Experience Metrics, and also president of Confluence Fitness Partners. We have a couple of health clubs in central Washington. I'll be moderating today, and what we'll do is we'll go around the room, just a quick introduction uh, about your role and your company, and then we'll we'll take it from there. And I'll start, Karen, I'll start with you. All right. Uh, my name is Karen Siegel. I'm the executive director of LifeWorks of Southwest General. So we're located outside of Cleveland. Uh, we are a for-profit department of the hospital is how we're set up. But we're open to the public, everyone else. Um, we're in an 84,000 square foot building. 64,000 square feet is the facility. The other 20,000 square feet is therapy. And uh, we used to have 5,300 members, <laughs> but that has decreased significantly since COVID. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Joanna? Hi, everyone. I'm Joanna Maslowski. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for the Wellbridge Company. We um, own and operate 19 full-service multi-sport athletic clubs in seven different domestic markets. And we really focus on the high-value, high-touch member. And um, I look forward to sharing a little bit about our customer experience. Excellent. Thanks, Joanna. Adrian. Yeah, so I'm Adrian Antigua from Gainesville Health Fitness in Gainesville, Florida, uh, North Central Florida area. Uh, Gainesville Health Fitness owned by Joe Cerulli, uh, been in, in the industry since about 43 years now uh, or so. <laughs> um, we have roughly about 25,000 members, three locations, um, with our biggest location roughly just about 90,000 square feet. Um, service everything with the exception of racket sports. Great, so, thank you. Thanks, Adrian. Andy. Go ahead and get your role and a little bit about BrandBot. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, uh, well, thank you guys for letting me letting us sponsor this. Uh, my name is Andy Swansburg. Um, I'm the founder of BrandBot, founded in 2015. Uh, it was founded, um, my mom owns a yoga studio fitness center uh, up in up here in Boston area. Um, and really what we want to do is, is make the customer experience uh, a lot easier to, to um, I guess, differentiate yourself. So everything from, how are my customers uh, being welcomed into the studio? How are we following up with them, motivating them, keeping, you know, holding them accountable? And what, we, you know, what do we do when, when they're becoming active? So our missions from day one has been, how do we do that uh, as, as simply and as effectively as possible? Um, Brambot uh, just recently was acquired by the TSG Group, um, which I now set as the, uh, the Chief Product Officer for the Boutique Divisions. Right, thanks Andy. And your founder, your founder of Brambot? Uh, yeah, I am. Yep, yep. And I'm a recent studio owner. I just bought uh, I bought the yoga studio uh, from my mom uh, uh, just last week. So very good. Yeah, interesting how frequently uh, founders become the chief product officer in an acquisition too, right? I mean, they're the ones that understand the product and know what your what your intention was right from the get go. Yeah, uh, no, I'm my customer as well. My own customer, and that's that's yeah, a fun yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that same spot. I'm in that same spot. That's excellent. Okay, so this is this is all about member experience. So uh, as a little bit of context, um, 
experience is, is a collection of memories, right? There, it's, uh, you know, a, a balance of positive memories, the negative memories, neutral memories, and, and hopefully, um, you know, memories that dazzle the customer, you know, create, uh, create customer loyalty and, and get us ROI. And even though 2020 is, is probably not going to be a big year of profit, um, you know, getting that engagement right now with, you know, being highly engaged with customers, with employees and with the community, that foundation then layered on um, listening to the customer, innovating and iterating. Uh, those two layers, uh, in my opinion, will really allow those that can win those two things, that can win those two games, to harvest down the road here somewhere as the industry bounces back and as there's a bit of a cleansing in the industry, uh, frankly. And what we've seen in all of the customer experience data from the shutdown and from the reopen, I, the customer experience seems to be uh, a bit more fragile. There's a bit more seriousness coming with the customer experience where friendliness was great before. Friendliness is incredibly important now. But there's an expectation of uh, more professionalism and competence around that because the customer feels a bit more unsafe. And it's now contingent upon us not only to deliver great customer experience, but to but to keep them safe. So, so it's just becoming a bit more, you know, touchy out there. And I think we all see it with with masks and that. So my. My opening question is sort of to, to everybody is, you know, is, is what is your organization in general do, uh, doing to deal with that change in kind of post-COVID uh, customer experience? Yeah, um, do, do you mind if I start? All right, Jump excellent. Um, I, uh, I definitely take your words of fragile uh, very seriously. And I, I think that's the, the word that I would use also where we're really, whether it's our, our teams or our members, we are building up, we're building up from that safety, that bottom part of a pyramid, all the way back up to the self-actualization, which is why many people are, were, you know, coming into our clubs before. So, but we're having to start very much back at the bottom. And I say that the, you know, the way that we are working through that process is similar to what we did prior to COVID, which is whatever we do with our associates, is then how they're gonna give it back to the member and then how we're all going to move forward. So very similar to when we brought people back from um, being closed, it's starting being patient, patient and having more grace. So you're starting at that safety spot, um, communicate and then, no, then you're moving up. Then you're going from safety to you know, communication and understanding. Um, I think that's where you know, the, the listening comes in. Um, a lot of thank yous happening, not just um, thank you for the, you know, joining or that member you just referred to me, but thank you for committing to your health and wellness. That has been extremely successful in work. And it's not, I, it's hard to say that's loyalty. That's more about congratulating the customer or the member for doing what they do every day and creating little nuggets, right now it's about small nuggets, you know, pennies in the bucket, um, to to build back their, you know, whether it's trust in us or trust in the safety at our clubs or, um, you know, trust in themselves that they're gonna be healthy enough to fight, um, you know, an illness. So, um, you know, it starts with that patience and grace 
then it moves up to communication, which is so huge. It was big before, but now it's almost, it's, it's more than expected. Um, when you talked about professionalism, I think it's part of professionalism now. It's not just expected, it's part of professionalism. And, um, and when we talk about that, then we talk about the tone that that has, because um, I think communication has taken another step forward. It's not about just telling me, but it's about the tone you're using and um, the welcoming um, way that you say that and the continuation of a similar message. Um, because there are so many things going on, people don't want us also kind of being all over the place, right? They want us to be consistent, be steady. So um, I would say patience and grace, communication, and as steady as we can be, although things are changing, we need to be steady with our teams and we need to be steady with our members about our messaging. So um, those are a couple of items that I that we are doing to engage the member and hope that they will continue with us um, in 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 loyalty and future future work. Yeah, so I, I got I got to jump on that a little bit because this is so this is showing up in the text analytics. I actually wrote down as I was going through a bunch of the text analytics the word gracious um, that members are expressing some of the some of the graciousness that they're seeing from staff in the clubs that are just performing really well. And it's uh, I mean that I that I have not seen much before this idea of patience and grace. And and by the way, I like the you know Maslavian approach to you know what's most important at the bottom of the pyramid that the the you know what is known as survival in maslow's pyramid in in our business it's keep me safe don't cheat me you know be nice that's like once there then i can kind of move up to belonging and then once there i can actually have a lot more interaction a lot more joy and perhaps even become a mentor inside the club uh, to other people but it takes that movement and without the base of that pyramid you don't move up to those to those other stages. Thank yous. Um, so I work out in our gyms every every morning, and I find I'm finding myself walking over to members and making sure that I thank them for how they're cleaning. I'm thanking them for how they're wearing their mask. I'm thanking them for putting a bench back. I do. I love this idea about the. It is the. It's going to be in this nuance, right? I mean, this is. It's the molecules of the customer experience that we have to be paying attention to. So I'm gonna, I'll hand, so now, um, Karen, what about your organization? This this new, fra more fragile world, what is your organization doing to, to deal with it? I agree with everything like um, you guys are saying. It is definitely fragile, and I love the word gracious. Um, I think it is very different nowadays. Every step and every action you take right now can have a huge impact on your business as you're moving down the road. Because the member, like we had um, some members that I thought, you know, they were young. I was shocked when they were like, you know what, we can't come back in. I was, I was literally shocked because how young they are and healthy and for whatever reasons they have. And this is really just everything that we thought was normal. Like what does a loyal member look like these days? I'm not sure if I know what that even looks like. I mean, for us, we're creating a partnership because I do know I can't I can't say I'm gonna keep you safe. I, I could just say what we're doing, but we're all people here. And um, I think with the members, what we're trying to do is also help them, you know, based on the feedback we're getting, help them understand that the other members are doing the best they can and we're doing our best to keep these members all held accountable. It's not 110%. I can't guarantee you that. I cannot, you know, unless I'm sitting out there watching it myself. So we're trying to create this partnership 
that we really didn't have as much with the membership. Every step, I am letting them kind of guide our decisions. You know, how they um, come into the facility and kind of what their expectations, we're trying to go where they're at to meet them. You know, it, it, yes, at the front desk, being friendly really, really mattered. Well, now, of course, the temperature uh, scanner has to work appropriately. We have to check you in. We do have to spend that little time. We have gloves on, handing you towels. Um, the protocols are just, like you said, the expectations. That just, that, that just better be there. Um, and so, you know, we're just trying to have that back and forth conversation and being accessible, even on the days that you really don't want to be accessible. <laughs> but making sure we're having those conversations with as many members as we can and trying to listen to what they're trying to tell us. So that's yeah, what it I'll, is. I'll jump in on what you're saying there. Um, one of the things I had written down in thinking about this conversation is, and we had talked about this in the Club Solutions Retreat, I believe it was last year, and it's not new to any of us, but it's a really good reminder that commonly it's our business and we need certain results out of the members, right? We need them to refer, we need them to buy this product, we need them to do these things. Um, but how often do we actually say, what do they need and what then can we do to make sure they're getting what they need, right? We're, we're saying this is what you need. We're saying you need a workout buddy. We're saying you need a trainer. We're saying, but what, what do, you know, what do they need versus what we need? And that's, I have to challenge myself every day. Of course, we want to make more money and we wanted them to engage. And we know all the, we hope we know all the good things for them, but it's really, it is about them and how can we um, make sure they know it's about them versus about us as operators, so. And, and those needs have changed. And I, you know, I've been, I've been talking about this a, a lot that, you know, from the shutdown to the reopen and the forced mandates and, and the nature of our business is that we are the original recurring revenue business. We are the original subscription model to which everybody else, you know, Brandbot, MXM, all of us want that subscription. That's the, that's the high value model. We invented it in the fitness business. Well, that drives a certain kind of need um, to keep your customer, right? The book, Customer Success, written by the founder, one of the founders of, uh, of Salesforce, by the nature of the subscription business and the ability for somebody to unsubscribe in the next month, forced what's called now, I mean, in, in, in software, it's the, it's the customer success, right? I mean, it's a, the chief customer success officer and how you, how you manage that. And I think that, that, is, that it's so important in that model that we are constantly listening and understanding the new expectations. The, the, the forced mandates that came on, on us and things like, if you're gonna have people in the gym, you have to schedule, if you're gonna, Turns out the customer loves a lot of it, right? And I mean, they love a lot of the changes that happened. And uh, and and now we have to figure out how to how to adopt and make sure that we're using the things that they love to um, to create a better a better business model. So Adrian, um, I know Gainesville Health and Fitness really well, and I know that you guys are pretty agile there. And so, how are you guys dealing with this more fragile customer world? You know, I think it. Uh, I'll echo all the things that you guys have said thus far. Um, but for us, I think it went a lot back to just making sure we went back to the training of our staff and make you know, and really just solidified who we had on our teams. You know, for us, when we're bringing on people, we we're just making sure that first off that the person is somebody who believes what we believes, and that they also are part of our culture and their things. They're they're just naturally tenants 
they have natural tendencies to provide that good service, right? And so it really, throughout everything, you know, once we were able to reopen, it just it was able to exemplify that we had the right people on the team, but then she kept us on the management side to just make sure that we kept reinforcing that with them saying, hey, let's make sure we're doing all the things that we, we were doing prior to, but at a higher level now. You know, we have something that we call priority number one, uh, which consists of six items. It's making sure that every person gets their hello and goodbye, that person gets escorted from one place to the next. They're introducing people to the one person to the other, that they're smiling, using first names, and that they're providing a warm and friendly environment. So by taking that priority number one, and then just making sure that everybody understands that that is your job, is to provide that priority number one experience with every single person. And now it's also the cleanliness that's tied to that too, is that you are also part of our cleaning team, that everybody is, that's, what, that's our focus. It's provide this number one experience, provide that priority number one experience, and make sure that we're providing the safe, clean environment across the board. So really, again, it really was just a solidification for us to make sure that our hiring process was in place and we had the right people and the right teams. Um, and then again, on the management side that we were able to follow up and make sure that all those things were being executed on a daily basis. You know, so I think like the, the where, I, where I said this all comes with a little bit more seriousness to it. Um, you know, I, I just think of my own teams and getting ready to reopen. This is now two weeks that we've been reopening our own clubs and kind of, uh, you know, re-engaging our teams and getting them ready. Like, I, there's almost like a, a, a you know, my, myself, there's like having a little bit of butterflies about it. Like, that would oh, yeah. be something we never had before, right? I mean, so, so it, it just from our point of view too, this the recognition that the that it's a much more fragile uh, relationship possibly takes our you know take makes this a bit more serious. And I I, I also think that one of the things that Adrian was, was saying there, uh, depending on how long we were closed, you you know, and people are probably not up to full staffing again. But you do end up with maybe the cream of the crop of your uh, of your employees um, there, and that and I and I think that that certainly helps. You know, I think different places were in different scenarios. And, you know, I think we're blessed, you know, that Joe made it really clear to all our staff that we weren't going to let go of anybody, you know, that we were keeping everybody on staff. And we were actually, we were paying everybody while we were closed, uh, you know, equivalent to what they were while they were open. So for us, again, our, our first focus was on our staff, you know, and we made that clear to the members as well, too. You know, that was the messaging we put out is, we're going to keep charging, but it's simply so that way we can support our teams. Um, and so to what you're saying, Blair, I think it, for us, again, it was really just to make sure that the first, our first uh, focus, honestly, before even the member was our employees and making sure that they understood that we wanted to take care of them. And then also communicating that with that our employees that, hey, you're in a safe environment because these are all the things that we've done. Uh, and you guys have been a part of that too. And so, yeah, a thousand percent of what you were saying. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I wanted to jump in on that one because um, one of the big things that, and this is even pre-COVID, but our one of our mission statements used to be, or or is still, but um, we we recommunicated it. But members first. It was always members first, and that was the idea that whatever the member was telling you, let's let's really understand what they're trying to say. Figure out how to, you know, we would say just say yes, and you'd have to figure out how to relate that comment, right? But what we've moved to, and I and it really helped in reopening, was 
yes, we want to put our members first, but before, but, but in order to do that, we got to put our associates first. And we got to make sure that they have the, you know, number one, hire for the will, right? Um, and then make sure they have the skill. And then they will then give that back to the customer. So we, we call, you know, we say culture, community, and then results. Um, really important now, too, that we're walking our members through the same thing, right? That, and it probably starts with a skill for them. First, we need to educate them on mm -hmm. what our practices are, that safe component, right? And then we need to make sure that they continue to do that. I think Karen mentioned that, right? We can't watch them all the time, but let's train them. Give our members an opportunity to learn and help. They actually want to. And I, I don't think that's something we've done very often at all in business. I mean, I've been in the industry for a long time and I don't ever remember a training um, a member how to clean equipment, right? Um, kind of give them the wipe and say, can you please help us, right? But now I'm, you know, uh, having to train on, hey, don't spray the, you know, the disinfectant onto the TV because this is what will happen to it, right? Um, but it's, you know, so it's even more that the same thing we're training our associates on and hoping they'll do we're doing the same thing with our members and i i believe you know to back to the point of loyalty when you do all those things it creates that partnership you're talking about because we're all in it together now it's not me working for you or you working for me or giving you money blah 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 it's we're all in this together because we're all and i think that has created a different atmosphere in our clubs I, to I totally agree with that because I wrote down the word when Karen said it. When Karen said partnership, I wrote that down because I do think that, that that we have a real opportunity to make that membership more of a partnership now. And I think that I think that's a great point, Joanna. Is you know our training videos on how to clean stuff and what to do when you come in, and and then to see members actually following up and doing it is uh, I mean is a, is a we got that's just a joy. Andy, you you you. You are a club owner also, um, and you're listening to three club owners talk about how they're dealing with a more fragile um, member experience. And so what what, what, what do you think? What do you, what's your input? Yeah, so obviously, you know, we, we come at it as how do you facilitate a good customer experience and, and sort of the approach to a customer experience. And for a long time, we, we've worked really hard on boiling down, like what, what, what uh, you know, use the word molecules, like what builds a customer experience, right? And, and ultimately, it's a promise on a few different things to your customer saying, hey, you know, we're going to keep you safe, right? We're going we're gonna to give you a sense of achievement, sense of belonging, right? And so we, we broke it down into a, a few core pillars. And what's fascinating is, is that hasn't changed, right? And so uh, it's just that the way you're delivering that has changed drastically in the last handful of months. And so what we've been, sort of the, the customers that, that use our platforms and we speak to constantly, the successful ones have said, hey, you know, our customers really were loyal because we gave a, a really effective workout or, or they had a super strong sense of belonging, right? How did we drive that before? And what are, what, what are our options to continue to drive that? So it's this 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 world where um, uh, a customer has uh, you know objectively less uh, accessibility to your product, right? It's it's you know it's harder to get involved and harder to be engaged, and so you're uh, following through on that initial you know we call it a brand promise is even more important, and and you're sort of you have oh, excuse me I need to uh, mute that uh, you have even less um, uh, I would say delivery options to do that. Right. And so um, it's, it's just a really fascinating world of, of saying, hey, you know, it, your uh, your toolkit has changed, but.
but your mission has to be the same. And it's even more important to deliver that consistently. Right. And so, you know, we talk about messaging every time you message somebody, make sure that you're reinforcing that sense of belonging, make sure that you are understanding they're vulnerable and you need to recommit to, to X, Y, Z. Um, every touch point you have has to be even more scrutinized uh, through those lenses. So it's just that I think the strongest brands that truly are taking the time to understand how they were delivering what they were delivering before and the options they have to continue to deliver that are what are, are sort of going to strengthen their relationships through this time. I think it's actually a time where you can grow stronger relationships um, rather than the opposite, which is really interesting uh, uh, sort of in this time. Yeah. So especially when things are a bit more, when things are a bit more dire, right? When things are a bit more dire and if you can execute in a, in the scenario where things are a little bit more dire, then I do think you will build the stronger relationship or, or or stronger partnership because it's you know I've said this I've said this multiple times it's you know what it's always been bad behavior to not clean up after yourself right before COVID that's right. always bad behavior it's always been bad to be overcrowded I don't care how nice the club is as soon as it's overcrowded the value drops for the customer right because they can't use the things they want they they want. It's harder to get in the shower. Kids got to get in the kids club. It's just, it's a, the, the, the product loses, loses some value. Those things have always um, been bad behavior. The difference now is that they appear to be criminal behavior to the customer, right? I mean, I mean, right. you know, you know, I, I, seeing somebody not clean up after themselves is like watching somebody shoplift now, you know, and then, and then, and then having one of your staff members watch them not clean up and not say anything is like watching the policeman watch somebody shoplift or the store manager and them not doing anything about it. So th that's one of the ways that this becomes even more serious. And and I want to go back to this word part. Well, I'm going to hop in there because I think it's really interesting. I think it's also it's it's uh, you know it's sort of nuanced the word serious, but even on the on the sort of not negative side of like hey they're not living up to the expectation, but people are really, uh, you can delight them a lot easier these days, right? You can you can sort of push forward a sense of, of achievement and congratulation. Even showing up once a week, if they came five days a week, um, is a huge achievement for them today. So it's even more, it's serious in both directions in terms of the impact you can drive. Um, and I think that that's, that's really interesting to us as a customer experience is, is how do you, how do you recognize even the small wins, right? And how do you, you know, how do you build off that uh, moving forward as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I even I think pre-COVID we didn't do a very good job of recognizing the small wins. It was usually you know somebody has some goal that sits out there a ways. I do think things like my zone and that have helped us to really recognize some of the small wins. Um, Karen, I'm gonna go back to you. You okay? Go ahead. I have something to say too. I just want to add. So uh, for us, we did this, and I put this out to my team a while ago. Um, so we're owned by hospital. So just notice that on one of the hospital floors, this so many years ago, uh, during Thanksgiving, they lost hot water on this floor. Basic, basic amenity, hot water, we all expect it, right? And they had to take the patients and move them to another floor if they wanted to shower. Big inconvenience, big disruption to everything, all the processes. Imagine a hospital, everything's red tape. Well, when they did their patient satisfaction scores, they noticed that was the highest during that week. And it wasn't because they didn't, you know, it wasn't the hot, hey, anything to do with the hot water. It's just that it was the interactions they were having with every single team member. You know, um, everyone was going through it together. So everyone was, you know, everyone was being real. And I think that's part of it, like with our teams, 
um, even out there right now, even with us, you know, right now, one of our polls, there's a major leak somewhere. So it's going to happen. You know, we're still going to have the stuff. Maybe we will have that member that's not cleaning the equipment, right? But I think most importantly is how do we handle that situation? You know, how do we, you know, step up and say, you know what? Yep. That, you know, I do apologize for that. This is what we're going to do to take care of it. Because I think even now those, um, Little, those little small interactions, I think Joanna was touching on it, it means so much and the transparency, you know, say, you know, I'm sorry about this. Like I had a nice conversation with the member because we do have this pull down. It means a lot to her. So I'm having a conversation and then I'm trying to work with her to say, OK, what can we do? What else is out there in the community? I'm going to send her to somebody else to say if they had that similar pool, maybe she can go there. I gave a call to the manager over there and said, listen, can you extend me a courtesy? Are you allowing guests just to help her out? So she has some kind of direction to go to. And it's that one by one by one, I think, to help. Yeah, and I think this um, goes back to the start of the conversation, which is also with our, I think in the community at large, people have become more transparent. They've become more vulnerable. I mean, read all the studies about Zoom calls and all those things, right? The way that we can actually have um, great interaction through the, that type of thing is that we can be more vulnerable and more transparent. And because of that grace and patience, I, I feel like the customer is a lot more patient. They just want little little wins. I think we all want little wins. It is, you know, a partnership is a win-win situation. And I feel like there is opportunity to create those little wins on a daily basis. Just having those, you know, it, maybe before we would have said, oh, the pipe's broken, sorry, eh, and just cut off the communication, right? Um, we're so sorry, see you tomorrow, right? But now we're taking that next step. and. Um, and and trying to help them and I think that that is part of our new world and I actually love it I love that our associates don't have to hide behind a screen yeah. or Look for the corporate communication or whatever they're trying to do, right? They are empowered just like they were before but maybe they didn't feel as uh, As that ability to be as transparent or vulnerable and now I, I feel like they can and now as leaders We have to do a better job of giving them even more information because if we don't tell them the why behind whatever's happening, then they're they're they are feeling a little bit like they can't provide that win. So you know, customer experience goes back once again back to our associates who also need that experience so that they can give it back to the customer, the member. Totally, Adrian. Was there something you wanted to add to that? Or no. I jump in because uh, because I've got another question. Yeah, <laughs> I've got another question for you guys because. Um, Customer experience has always been better. And this is, and Medallia's done more research on this. When front lines are truly empowered, when you are not, when the, the, the fewest things that have to escalate, the better the customer experience. Yes. And, and empowering is, is giving people the right to say yes. Empowering is, Joanne, you said more information, right? Empowering is, you know, moving, giving formal authority to where to all the way down to the front line and giving them the information and the formal authority. So formal authority is, is literally the formal right to decide and to be able to empower front lines, especially right now, I think is going to be one of the most critical things that we do. So empowering the front line is giving them the right to say yes, not just more eloquent ways to say no. So I'd like to hear like 
what what are you guys doing? Uh, do you, are you doing anything different? Are there are there new processes? Is there new training? What are you doing? Because that is such a critical piece of customer experience. Is what you know. If somebody comes in and says I have a problem with billing, and that person right there says I got you, I got this handled. Do your work out. I'll have it figured out. Instead of I'm going to escalate this up someplace, and in two days you're going to get a call back. So I'll let uh, Adrian. You want you want to start with that one? Sure. You know. Um... You know, as you asked if we were doing anything new, and I'm sorry to say, no, not necessarily. Uh, again, it, it's always been a focus for us. You know, we, we've taken all the experiences in our club, and we every now and then, or actually regularly, we will take an experience and say, okay, is this the right way it should be handled? You know, is it? Do we have the right system in place? Is it? Are we making it too easy for? the customer but but then at the same when we're making it too easy for the customer are we making it too difficult for our employee and then at the same question are we making it too easy for the employee now it's too difficult for the, the customer um, so for us you know we're constantly looking at those things and we've got this crazy program um, called medallia i don't know if you've heard of it but <laughs> that's how we're taking and taking a lot of those things into consideration as they come up you know somebody complains that you know, I had to be transferred three times on a phone call just to talk to somebody about my account. We'll take that scenario and say, okay, what was the breakdown? You know, why did it happen this way? You know, where where was it? Was it because the employee wasn't trained? Was Is there a flaw in our system? What's going on? And how do we make sure that this just never occurs again? And so, again, it's not that we're necessarily doing anything new. Um, or, or by any means by that, but that's just in, been ingrained into what we are and who we, what we do as a company, um, is that there's always a focus on how do we constantly make this experience better for both the member as well as the employee alike, so that way we're just improving the, the experience as a whole. Um, so sorry to disappoint on the newness of you know, solutions here. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I, I know your operation pretty well. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to add on to that. that I think you, you, know, you touched on something for everyone else listening. It's such a hard balance. You know, you say it with such, but, I, but it, it's really hard. You know, I don't, I, it, just balancing everything right now, balancing service, balance and budget. And, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You tell me, because I feel like I live that every single day asking that question. You know, do you wait to have more members? Or do you do it now so the members come in? And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, um, we do that post-opening survey for Medallia. That has been, and I've been doing all the surveys myself. Not that that was ever, we never did that before. Um, I just learned when we shut down, I did them. And it just gives me this snapshot so I can really get a good handle of what people are feeling and thinking out there. It's been amazing. That has been like my step-on-step guide. Because what people will write and put in there, it kind of gives you this, oh, okay, this is what we need to do. Oh, we need to extend hours. And I have the support um, from their their responses. It's been uh, amazing that that has been, like, I would say the steering of the ship right now. As I am allowing the members, they have a little bit more uh, freedom up there, if you want to say, to help us navigate these strange, strange waters and bring on the staff with them. Um, to help us do this. And so then also by having that survey and having those responses and everything, I'm able to tell the staff, well, this is why. It's not because Karen wants to. You know, I really don't. I, so I always tell them, I don't really care. I'm not doing it. It's whatever you guys want. You know, whatever whatever we can do, we will try and do our best. 
So that's been instrumental in guiding this new uh, vessel right now. I think that's changing. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's that's a big change in what we've done too. Is in the past you would survey the members. You're nervous about surveying them because what if they say and you know whatever. And now I, I'm go to surveys every 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 decision we're making. We're asking the member what they want, and they're giving us great feedback. So that is a change that we've made is being open to and that's the vulnerability the transparency but being open to them saying i need xyz and potentially us saying you know we we can't do that because of xyz right now but also then telling them why we can't do it whereas before it was like oh we're just gonna they want x all right we're moving on right um but surveys have been a huge change and um if if people are to learn something on this if you're not doing surveys you should get going i think the other thing i would say too though it's We've got to really be careful with understanding how they're answering these surveys. Uh, like a great example would be some, I mean, right now the big thing is masks, right? So for us, it's getting an understanding, okay, where are you seeing the issue on the mask? Is it maybe you just don't understand, you know, what what is the current policy or, or what's, what is the governance? Or is it that it's your hard feelings um, about the mask versus what it is that we're actually applying to? for again, but what we're mandated for. So it's it's not just taking the survey, as you guys have said already, but it's it's really taking the time to contact that person, say, tell us more about your answer. You know, give us more information because we can't make these decisions until we know the whole picture of what's going on. Um, and then we can make those adjustments accordingly after that. But you know, you're only giving us these these snapshots into what's going on, we need to know, I get a better understanding of what it is you're truly seeing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this is a big part of the engagement on this, right? And 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 we may circle back to masks a little bit because that's, that's a huge part of the member experience right now. And there's four main themes happening around masks, but uh, we may circle back to, but I wanna hear from Andy on this as well. Andy, you were, you were gonna say something. Oh yeah, so in terms of empowering, you know, the front lines, it's very similar in software, as I said earlier, but also at the at the studio. Um, I think that the burden falls on on us as the operators to say, you know, this, these are our objectives throughout this time, right? And as long as you're acting with intent towards those, like I'm going to support you no matter what, even if you're even if I disagree with your decision, like it's it's going. I'm only going to be I'm supporting that as long as you 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 understand or in aligned with what we're trying to get done, right? So, you know, at our point, it's it's uh, from from the software lens, like. We need to keep our current customers, right? And and that's a really important objective for us. Um, and so, if you do something and you're saying, "Hey, I did this because I was trying to keep them," it's like, "Yeah, well, you know, we don't agree with that as a company, but that's totally fine, you know." And and what we're going to do is 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 work with you to understand why that doesn't align with our objectives, right? And so it's 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 a fundamental sort of trust situation. Like if you if if I trust you're acting in your best intentions. You could you could say and operate completely autonomously without any repercussion, and then we'll just deal with the consequences. And there's no mistake we can't undo, right? That you know the situations are very sort of risk mitigated to begin with, um, and so as long as we all understand that and we all go we all sort of approach that with that intent, um, feel free to sort of pull whatever you you need to out of a hat to 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 get into you know to to push us towards objectives. I think it's just the understanding and the alignment whether it's keep our current customers, whether it's make them feel safe. You know, whatever those objectives are, sort of putting those North Stars out there, I think, is super important for, for the team. Uh, to, yeah, to be you know, I, I think, yeah, you're hitting on exactly the, um, the, the 
type of education. I'm going to say education as opposed to training. I always believe that training is sort of put the fries in the oil at this temperature for this long and take them out. You know, education is learning sort of the, the, the company logic so that you can then apply it in abstract ways on your own. And understanding the intent is, is one of those things. And we've always, you know, and if you have solid vision, mission, and values, and if you're, if you're, if you do a good job educating people, not training, but educating people on those, and we use something called freedoms and obligations. We have nine of them that give people kind of broad guide rails. Once you do that, then you can kind of unscript everything, right? Because um, great member experience does not happen with scripts. You know, you can, as soon as everybody is scripted, it just becomes highly mediocre. Great customer experience comes when you engage your front lines, heads and hearts, you give them the freedom to act. And they, then what they end up doing is sort of customizing that, that customer experience for, for each person. So just exactly what Andy's saying, it's to keep every customer, that's the intent. Now you have some freedom within there to make sure that you keep the customer and keep the customer happy. That's in a world of uh, VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, which has always been in our business, but now it's even way more VUCA, way more volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. That means that you know change keeps coming at us, and listening to the customer is the that is the spear point of really understanding what kind of change is coming. So my next question is. Um, what processes do you rely on um, in order to ensure that your company doesn't stagnate? Like, like the, what do you have embedded in your operations, whether it's certain types of meetings, whether it's whatever it is, like, what are you doing to ensure that in this changing world, you, you are, you and your teams um, are reacting to it uh, in, in a way to create improvements that constantly improve the member experience. Anybody yeah, want to? I mean, I would say that you know we just meet like religiously at our clubs. We have you know we have meetings over meetings, which is sometimes a bad thing. Um, but I think now more than ever, it's just we need to have that regular communication with our team. So. Uh, you know, if we have a regular manager's meeting on Monday to so kind of recap the previous week, you know, go over what's going on, what's new, what's what are the biggest issues that we've had to face. You know, we have a sales meeting where we're going over what are the changes, you know, that we're putting in place. Again, it's, it's the stuff that we've had before. It's just much more transparency that I would say now more than ever, you know, on, on things, um, you know, being really clear that, hey, listen, this is how we're doing it even as a company. You know, this is how our check-ins are going, um, you know, this week to last week. You know, this is what's going on with our membership base. This is what's going on with cancellations. Again, we were, we were always an open book company um, as it was, you know, with our staff because, you know, we felt that everybody needed to have an ownership and that kind of right of things. Um, but it's it's just being religious with those things and not, not skipping those meetings because, you know, we've got to deal with, you know, whatever scenario it is right now like those meetings are of utter importance for us so we can get that communication across um to the managers and to their employees and everybody else below uh, as we move forward here so yeah 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 i i, have, I always have this picture I, i'll ask companies oftentimes what is your meeting architecture like what is like you know what does that look like and and joanna you you 
have the more of a scalability problem than the rest of us, yeah, right? But, but um, similar to what you were just saying, uh, uh, you know, that's what I was going to say, and it's not different um, than pre-COVID. But ours is our our um, operating meeting procedures is we have to talk about culture, community, and results. And the culture part of it is that education, training, what are we doing with our associates? How are we moving them forward? Community is how they are then interacting with our members and creating innovative ideas, um, things like that. And then hopefully we'll get results from that. So every meeting, 30%, right? 30% needs to be culture, community results. So if someone starts going off on a task-oriented item, a training type of item, or a customer service problem or whatever that might be, we have to come back. Hey, we gotta spend 30% of our, 33% of our meeting on this, right? Or, or whatever it is. Um, and then you always gotta leave a little time, right? Between, right, you know, between those elements, um, time for that next idea. Because if you're, you know, if you're so scheduled, if you don't leave that 10 minutes, just like we've all recognized in Zoom or whatever, can't just get on Zoom every week and rattle off the stuff and then you're out on your way, right? You've got to have a little bit of time, whether that's, you know, middle ending, whatever, to uh, to have a power break, um, to have a little bit of brainstorming time. So that's how we kind of operationalize customer experience is culture, community, results. Got to have that always involved in every decision and every meeting. And it gives it affords you the time to to talk about some of these things and make innovative progress. So and here and here's what I love about that. God, I love you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. This is this is so like in my wheelhouse and and what it, and how companies should just think always. But culture, community results didn't have to change. I mean that that's just that's just consistent and that because the the world's changing out here. But whatever those changes are, still fit perfectly. Perfectly into that into that framework and operationalizing customer experience is how do you embed just exactly this right? It's it's understanding how do we bring customer experience in just the, the daily habits of our organization and have that be inform small decisions, have it inform big decisions, have it inform capex decisions. And Karen, well, go ahead and jump in there, Karen. Um, you know, I, um, with you and everything, like the meetings, and I think, though, one thing I've noticed that after COVID, it's a lot more questions, asking a lot more questions. I ask a lot more questions, and it's not even during meetings. I just know that when I'm with frontline staff, I'm asking them all the time, well, what is your opinion? What do you think of this? Well, how's this going? Constantly asking the questions. Um to kind of get those responses, like you said, because sometimes in a meeting, you know, everyone we're going through it and I notice, it, you know, it's a meeting and it can be very similar. And then, you know, by the time we get there, we, we kind of focus on one item, say, get your captures your attention. But it's, so I feel like sometimes things can change weekly and we are actually kind of um, being very agile and kind of adjusting weekly. Like right now we put out like a weekly, weekly schedule and we're just taking things one step at a time, one day at a time. So we need all those questions um, answered by the staff who are out there, who are with them all the time. And I, my first thing to them is always, always I'll say to them, listen, I'm in the office. It really, I just want to know what you think. <laughs> I am not out there where you are right now because also everyone's gone through something. And, you know, I was just having a chat with my, um, CEO, we all had checked. It, it, it affected all of us, even us on this call, anyone. And I think um, if we weren't in such a great place before COVID, I would think we'd even have a tougher time now um, 
post COVID, well, not post COVID, but post opening. Um, and I think um, we have to respect that of our teams, of our members. Like I, I still go back to Joanna when she said, you know, grace and patience, you know, just being kind because we all need that. But I, I think that's one of the things with the staff and when you're talking about meetings and that kind of processes is, and it wasn't a de deliberate pot process, but um, when you asked the question, I was really thinking about, well, what, you know, what is it that we've done maybe a little different? It's just a lot more questions. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I, I am, I am, you know, so guilty frequently of moving to advocacy way, you know, sooner when I should be focused on inquiry, you know, and um, our, our entire leadership team now at our, at our clubs is all female. And I noticed like they're way better at inquiry. <laughs> you know, they do, a, they do a much better job, <laughs> a much better job uh, than, than I do. Andy, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I think that uh, this is sort of in the blood of a lot of software companies. And so it's, I sort of get to see it from that lens. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I would say, infrastructure in place at those companies to sort of promote this kind of, you know, constantly improving, constantly innovating, um, uh, you know, type of thinking. And I'm, I'm admittedly just starting to put these into motion, but I'm eager to sort of bring some of that to, to the studio and as much as, you know, um, I want to empower my team to, to try to experiment and, and feel comfortable experimenting, uh, you know, as long as they're doing it within within the infrastructure, right? As long as you can prove results and stuff like that. If you want to, you know, um, uh, see see if conversion rates lift, if if you give out guest passes, that's fine by me. As long as as long as you're doing it in sort of a controlled way, and and you know, we have some guardrails around it, right? Let's try that for two weeks, right? Okay, did it work? Did it not work? Should we keep trying it? So. I think it's going to be a lot of of just transparency, a lot of communication, but also I think at the heart of innovation is it's a team sport, right? And and you know if it's coming top down, um, you're 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 bottlenecking a lot of that, right? Uh, the the pace of change is going to be so slow because the concerns as you go upstream are just the the you know you incur so much more risk, right? So so you know it's like hey you want to try this in between classes, great, do it for a month, let us know how it works. Right. Um, you know, my dream is that one day a, a staff member of ours comes up, be like, hey, I ran this experiment. Here are the results. What do you think? Fantastic. Let's talk about it as a group. If everyone thinks it's good, let's do it. Right. Like uh, it, that kind of collaboration. I think if we can get there and get there soon, um, I want that to be sort of a, the bedrock of how we of how we remain, you know, consistently fluid uh, as a company. You know, that has been a, uh, a push that we have had for a long time is to get uh, health club businesses to be more experimental, to adopt um, kind of some software terms like beta test. And, and as operators, we've all, you know, you, know you, you get an idea, you tend to immediately move your mind to fully implement it across all locations and what's at risk and what are the, and we forget that we have these little, uh, these opportunities to do small experiments but especially our front lines. If our front lines can be doing experiments. So my next question is going to be about any experiments you guys are doing because Andy just hit on, you know, what are the inputs of an ever-evolving member experience that keeps getting better and better? Because by the way, let's say you have an excellent member experience today, right now, and you don't do anything. It will erode because the world's changing. And even if you executed it, it just as just like you are today, the experience gets worse because the world erodes. Remember, there was a time when everybody said, holy cow, you have Wi-Fi. You know, this is awesome. 
now it's, you know, a big deal. You have Wi-Fi. That's how the customer experience, it constantly change. And that is the, that is the need for experimentation. So my question on experiments is, are, are you guys doing any of the, any experiments right now uh, in, in your clubs relative to member experience? Any, anything small, anything big? Are you, are you, are you, is any, go ahead. Uh, we well, this came from a group X instructor because of our group exercise studios, and we're cat, and her classes are full. And we had a storage <laughs> area behind, you know, kind of like in the studio, but you have to walk behind. There's a, a wall with a mirror on it. But if you go to the entrances there, you actually could still see the instructor and everything. And she mentioned we had a conversation like. God, where can we move you? You know, we need to fit more people there. It's a Zumba class, and this instructor just, they all love her. And I love her too. She's very, a lot of fun, a lot of energy. And we're like, she goes, Well, one time I had this member come in, and, you know, all the spots were full, and she knew that she didn't sign up. And she was like, Unfortunately, she didn't have that heart to send her away. I'm like, Well, she had to stay six feet apart from everyone. I mean, there is some hard, fast rules to this too. And she's like, No, you know what? You know what? She was standing in the storage area. And I was like, what? Yeah, because she just took the class back in the storage area. And with Zumba, there's no no need for that. So we went up there and she's like, could we do that? And I was like, I, I, I think so. Oh, we could try it. So we moved some of the items away. We made the pods and, you know, that kicks off next week. And we'll see how it goes for people. I mean, they're going to get mad if they get spot, you know, 16 and 17. Or will they be thankful that they can get into class? And we're thinking right now until we can live stream or something with, with her while she's teaching. You know, let's, we'll get creative. It's very small, no thought really, you know, not much to it, but it's a little experiment. We'll see how everyone, you know, goes, feels about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in there in regards to the fitness experience, um, especially with the masks. And uh, many of our markets, it's uh, masks all indoors, no matter if you're working out or not, unless you are in a closed space on your own. So right now we don't have as many members as we would like. And some of our studios actually that happens pre COVID too, they're, they're not being used all day long. We don't, you know, we don't have enough classes. So what we've done is moved a couple pieces of equipment into those studios and members can book um, their own studio. So for free, they get to book their own huge studio fitness a um, and have a workout without a mask on and completely socially distanced. And so we call that Studio One. And um, huge opportunity there with our members. They're loving it. Um, and mm -hmm. this is gonna be a hard one to take away because they, you know, it's it's pretty cool. We wash, you know, we, we have a sign we put on the door that says, you know, this room is disinfected. And then when they leave, they're supposed to disinfect and we do the same. Um, so that one and the other one is, um, we we have a product now called Concrete Jungle. Um, lots of companies are doing this, so this is not new, but we started about three months ago and um, some of our markets, you can wear them. You don't have to wear the mask outside, but you have to wear it inside. So we're taking them outside and um, the concrete jungle never thought I would be doing studio fitness classes for a high-end athletic club in a parking garage. But, um, you know, so how can you make that fun? I think that's a big part of it too, right? We do have to go outside. It is in a parking garage. I can't put plants and towels and pretty you know, cool things out there. So how can we make this fun for people? You know, a little bit of um, the fun of fitness has been kind of pushed down with all these mandates and orders. And, yes. and so you have to remember every single day, this has to be fun. 
And so what can we do to keep things light and, you know, things like that. So concrete jungle, here we go. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And Adrian, you guys have outdoor space, right? And change anything uh, right now uh, as you reopen with outdoor space? I mean, uh, we, we've definitely marketed it and saying, hey, guys, you know, we, we've had this outdoor space. Um, you know, it's got the best UV lighting that you can think of, um, you know, <laughs> for the sun and everything there. Um, so, I mean, but that, that was available prior to. And, you know, we just been, really made it clear to everybody that, you know, that space is available to be used, you know, when our CrossFit programs are not being used. But even if you are in our CrossFit program, you know, this is just an added thing um, that you can do to kind of be, kind of get that social aspect back in your lives um, a little bit there too. So, um, and then, you know, as far as other things that we're trying, um, you know, we're, we're doing some some smaller group, uh, group exercise classes, some sign-up based ones, um, like, like a yoga, retreat as you could say uh, we've had some good success getting some yoga retreats um, you know get registration from that from members and non-members alike um, and you know I think again it's really kind of letting people know that you can get into a social atmosphere again um, but again th that it's in a safe environment because these are the, the measures that we've taken along the way um, <clears throat> other things that we're trying right now uh, you know we're we're, we're going to get bring in Theragun uh, a little bit more. We already have it, you know, as far as something that we sell, uh, but we'll probably have a, maybe a, a stronger focus on that uh, moving forward here to make it a little more available to members to use, not just on a per purchase basis, but, you know, for people to try out. Um, but really, other than that, you know, I think for me, I know I constantly look at what are other industries doing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at that quite a bit. You know, I'm, I'm taking my kids to Disney twice since they've reopened. And then I'm constantly looking, okay, how are they managing this? You know, how are they controlling people in lines? How are they telling people about masks and all this and that kind of stuff? And, you know, how are they filtering people from one area to the next? And, you know, those are the types of things where I'm much more observant. You know, I was always looking at those things in the past, but I find myself looking at other industries a lot more now than I probably ever have. Um, even even saying, you know, I, I like to look at that stuff in the past too. So I'm trying to learn as much, you know, from what those other people are doing. Yeah, I think I do. I do think that's really important to look outside the industry. I was just in Las Vegas last week and I was at the win and that's exactly what I was doing was seeing what they're doing. Right. I mean, you know, they have so much invested, obviously, a lot of these casinos and everything. What, what kind of, you know, what are they dealing with and how are they how are they dealing with it? Um, some of the, you know, the the mandates and everything in the shutdown forced us all to experiment a lot, right? right? We had to experiment a lot. We had to adopt registration systems. And, and um, as I said at the beginning, a lot of the stuff that we did, people, uh, turns out they love it. Turns out they love a lot of this. And uh, I get what, what Joanna was saying about, you know, it's going to be hard to take that one away, right? We <laughs> have studio, studio A, studio B in your own private space. And, outdoor is a huge one people are people love outdoor and whatever we can do to bring the outdoors in or you know uh design around the outdoors i think is going to be really important what i, I think on that yeah. is it's going to be really dependent on your market right and what you are allowed to do so for example i mean what here in florida is very different than you guys in washington blair where i mean you guys haven't been able to do anything for some time indoors at all. And so 
by being able to do outdoors, you know, that's definitely been just a capability of where, yeah, people are looking for that versus here in Florida, you know, I, I can, you know, fortunate enough to say, I think that we've been a little more loose with the restrictions. And so there hasn't been, I feel as much of a call for outdoor um, here versus like it would be in Washington or Philadelphia or, or these other states. So again, as we're looking at these other industries, listening to what other clubs are doing, I think you, you still got to go back and look at, okay, is this applicable, applicable, sorry, I can't say the word right now, uh, to my space, you know, into what our members are wanting and then looking for. So, yeah, I, I do see a tendency that people tend to like to do almost anything outdoors. Yes. Probably over. Yeah. And well, that's a huge, that's another huge theme is fresh air and how do you make that a bigger deal inside and, Right. And I, I'm going to I'm going to be asking each of you for a closing a closing statement here in a minute. Like, what what do you want to tell people about uh, member experience, about loyalty, or about evolving the member evolving the member experience? Um, uh, fresh air, people talking about fresh air has it's a constant theme in our text analytics, by the way. And yes, that certainly has a lot to do with being outdoors. But it's interesting when they start to describe private indoors as people have done a lot of different system changes and everything. People are really noticing some of these changes. Okay, so running up against the clock and just uh, for me personally, this is the topic that I could die on right here. And I could go for the rest of the day talking about member experience and evolving member experience. And as we come to closing, Andy, I'm gonna give you first shot at, uh, at closing comments here. Uh, around member experience and what you'd want to share with the audience here. All right, first up, um, I guess I would just, I would double down on the notion of, of customer experience stems from uh, sort of your opinionated vision on what kind of company you want to be. And I think that the more you can understand what you're trying to provide, and we, you know, I think the tendency is that um, we're trying to provide a lot to a lot of different types of demographics. Um, which gets sort of less opinionated every time you add that, yeah. is am I able to focus on, in the software world, we call them core users, uh, whole, right? Like I, I want to drive this perfect experience for this subset of, of customers. And generally what we find is that uh, when you start doing that, you actually attract a much stronger audience uh, than you used to. Right, because people start taking notice of, of that's that's a place that's going to give me a sense of belonging. That's a place that sort of aligns with how I see myself, stuff like that. So you know, every time we talk with a customer, um, they focus on outcomes, they focus on conversion rates, and and you know, increasing revenues and, and all that stuff. And I call them outcomes because they're they're really hard to sort of directly change. You have to change something upstream. You have to change how you're handling you know, first visits. You have to change uh, how you're, you're messaging new customers to drive the outcome of a higher conversion rate of higher revenue, you know, whatever you want. So um, what's difficult is that it's really easy to focus on conversion rate and just sort of keep trying to pick away at it. It's much harder to, to sort of have the conviction to say, you know, I'm drawing this line from first member touch point and, and how we make them feel to higher revenue. And I'm drawing a very sort of hard line there. Um, and so how do we increase sense of belonging at that one very specific moment? How do we increase sense of achievement or, or you know, um, in a very opinionated way? So I think it's just take time to understand the type of, of business you want to be 
and how you, every touch point you double down on that and the outcomes are certainly going to be a, a symptom of that um, and I think that it's just a lot uh, it's just a lot different way of thinking it's a more abstract way of thinking than just saying how do we increase conversion rate right um, yep and I, I love your notion of uh, opinionated right because if we're if we are opinionated about who we are as a company and I do think you know if you can draw that bullseye you will get the concentric circles that I, I come with it but you're going to be executing very well and and I, I think the you know the f first rule in customer loyalty is attract the right customer in the first place, right? And you don't do that unless you're fairly opinionated about who you are, who you are as a company. Um, Joanna. Yeah, um, bringing customer service all into one, that's uh, it's a, a big one. And so I'll, I'll go a little bit high level here, um, which is starting with, what is the passion what is your passion and how does it turn into a purpose right that's our hopefully everyone in our clubs um i think adrian mentioned it right let's go back to why are they here what are they doing same with our members so what is your passion and how do you turn that into a purpose and then the customer experience comes into how and why how are we going to do it and why are we going to do it why are we going to um to interact with that customer have a purpose have intention in doing that and then what is the playground we're going to empower our teams to use? So what are the, the fences we're going to put up so that they can have a great time in the playground with their members um, and, and associates alike so that we can have a great atmosphere that um, people come back to us for and they trust that, that that's going to be consistent because they can see that everyone's um, playing in the playground with those same intentions. So, um, yeah. I have a feeling you guys use playground in your culture. I have a feeling um, that that is. Yes, some people talk yeah. about guardrails. I talk about, you know, I'll give you uh, that fence and you got the playground. So go, okay. go have fun with it. I <laughs> love it. Excellent, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you. Karen. Um, I'm just going to go a little bit more basic and like start really back. One thing that I've noticed coming out of all this and as we're proceeding is setting the expectation. I mean, there's nothing worse than saying you're going to expect this and they come and it fails, you know, yeah. and right now those expectations are all over the place and what they're looking for. Are you safe? Are you healthy? Whatever that is, but kind of guide that member. Here's the expect, here's what you can expect. Of course, we want to exceed your expectations every time, but at least provide the minimum so that this way, um, when they come, they know, okay, I, I can expect this. I can expect to get my temperature right. I can expect to get this. I can expect, you know, and then this way as all those little expectations are met, even though it's, you know, this is basic, it does build on that, you know, we've become credible, trustworthy every time we succeed in, you know, meeting that saying, this is what we are doing and this is who we are and we meet that every single time. So I'd say just make sure you're very clear your communication with your members and your staff about everything. Just be crystal clear. If you can't be concise about it, maybe pull it back and don't put it out there yet, just so that the expectations are there. And even though we're just saying, let's meet them, they're new, they're all new. I always remember Blair and how he draws the stairs of expectations going up. I know that PowerPoint <laughs> so well, but right now I think we're kind of just down here figuring that out. We have to meet those unless they're never even taking the walk upstairs to the second floor, right? So that's one thing that I would think of right now. 
there's a you know there's a great rule and when you think about member experience that is have no unpleasant surprises have lots of pleasant surprises and oftentimes things are an unpleasant surprise to the customer just because we didn't uh, communicate it very well in the beginning and um, I, I bet Andy would want to jump in on uh, on on this one about communication right because uh, so much hell we have members not customers we sure should be able to communicate right I mean and I so I think that point Karen is if there's something that if I was caught by surprise on it it would be a very unpleasant surprise oftentimes if that is very well communicated out in advance and I know what to expect when I come in it's no longer an unpleasant surprise now that the next layer then is to find all the great pleasant surprises. And that's so much of what we've all been talking about here, about the empowered staff, about the partnership, about that friendliness that also comes with professionalism and competence and you know, understanding every point of the customer journey and how to level that up at every point. Um, Adrian, you're gonna back clean up here. So um, go ahead, what are your closing? I mean, what everybody else said was on point. You know, one thing that we've been doing really more recently um, now is, you know, then there's, it's expected everywhere you go that there's cleaning protocols in place, right? That you're going to go and you've got to wear a mask and all these other things. And, and, and so I think also when you look at your composition, it's, it's almost like you can blend in with the composition at times because you're looking at, Oh, we're all doing these things, you know? And so the conversations we've been having at late in our clubs is really going back to Simon Sinek's start with why and going back to the golden circle of, okay, are we a club that's doing this, this, and this, and this, so that way we can get to why, or are we focusing, you know, with this is the core of who we are, this is what we plan to do, and this is what we are promised to you as a customer, as a, to an employee, um, and as a whole, uh, this is who we are. And now from that, now let's start layering in, how are we gonna achieve those things? And I think that's gonna be the biggest differentiator between us and our, our, comp our competition, as well as you know other companies in town, because we're focusing on that customer core, that customer experience, both employee and member side alike, but going back to the basis of who we are first, you know, a lot of what we've been saying, and then layering on all those things on top of that, making sure that those things are in line with that, you know, peeling back the onion, as you say, but again, golden circle of, of Simon Sinek's start with why. Outstanding, and, and you know, um, the, the, although the restaurant business has been completely shattered uh, during this, one, one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the world is Danny Meyer, you know, with the uh, restaurant group out of, uh, out of Manhattan, and I think we've all seen his video on on being your customer's favorite you know not even you know he talks about what are the things that go into being um the favorite and one of his rules is always uh it's it does start with the employee right it's the it, if you can make sure that the employee is is having fun in their work and is really competent at their job and they understand your why as a company then they go out and they they deliver for the customer and that gives you a shot at becoming uh the the favorite you guys this has been i mean for me personally this has just been a, a lot of fun uh adrian with gainesville health and fitness and joanna with wellbridge uh, karen with lifeworks 
and Andy, thank you so much uh, for being on and for the sponsorship, Andy. Really, really appreciate and appreciate your insight. And I love the the viewpoint. Also, we come kind of from the same world of actually being in the business and and also um, on on the side of software. Member experience is everything, and that's where that's where loyalty exists is in delivering a better and better member experience. And and then ROI will come. It's just not going to be in 2020, right? <laughs> it's going to be it's going well to down the road. Or maybe it will be, Joanna, I hope so. Patience and grace. So Patience much. and grace. Patience and grace. That's awesome. That's awesome. As as individuals at the front lines, patience and grace. As a company, patience and grace. And 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 you'll get through. You guys, thank you so much. That was that was thank fun. You. Right. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.